Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. I have never needed a break more. Do you mean a big break or a little break? Well, literally anything would do, but <laughs> if six months in the Maldives is off the table, then five minutes of peace would work. Hey, maybe a Diet Coke break. Ah, a Diet Coke break. Great idea. I mean, good news. Diet Coke has teamed up with magazine app Readly to give you two months subscription free. So, Em, you can catch up on the Big Apple Gossip with New York magazine and I can perv over interiors with living, etc. I mean, five minutes with an ice cold Diet Coke and a bunch of magazines count me in. Let's crack open a can. Oh, that's a great sound. <laughs> Pick up a Diet Coke and unlock your free two-month Readly subscription code via the ring pull and grab your Diet Coke break. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, except for, you know, when you're a kid and, you know, you start picking at something and you make it like a thousand times worse and your mum's like, leave it alone. And then you get older and you think, I'm going to be one of those people who's not going to pick at something. Well, I've picked at something and I've made something that was like just a little bit of a thing, like a million times worse. What is the thing? The, so the thing is, I got very upset by something and cried a lot. You know, when you get that sort of cry, scratchy eye thing and I... And then I started rubbing my eyes and it's really pathetic. And now I have eye eczema. <laughs> Hooray! Oh my God, so it's a crying injury. <laughs> Basically. Rather than a party injury, it's a crying injury. That's the times that we live in. That's where we are now. So yeah, exactly. I've got a crying injury, so thanks a lot. How are you, Annabelle? I'm absolutely fine. But just to beat this well-worn drum, sleep is now a distant memory lost in the mists of time. And it hasn't mattered so much because if you're up from 3am and all you have to do in the evening is sort of flop about and eat chicken Kiev and hate watch A Discovery of Witches, <laughs> then it doesn't matter. But now with the end of lockdown looming in this sort of, for me, slightly threatening way, um, I don't know how I am going to be able to ever see anybody in the evening. And I don't really want to. And the idea of waking up at three and knowing, and I remember this from when I couldn't sleep pre-pandemic, and knowing that I'd made a plan with somebody made me immediately feel panicked, miserable, really less than and inadequate, angry, resentful. It made the day feel like a prison sentence. And so what it's doing now is it's making me feel very reluctant to make any plans. Because insomnia is a very, very effective isolation tool. So, um, yeah, so I'm feeling um, as mad as ever. I just sort of don't know how I'm going to get through the day, let alone the week. Don't you find that we're feeling so nuts right now that we're sort of doubling down on that nuts and reaching kind of for something else to get us through? Oh, you mean isn't... like we've moved beyond therapy onto the fully woo-woo? Yeah, exactly. Like talking to the moon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we've all become obsessed with the moon in recent months. You know, lunar cycles, full moons, the names of full moons. So just recently, I remember there was a, a wolf moon, which was a real vicious motherfucker. The harvest <laughs> moon, the, a blood moon. And I find now I'm almost fully talking to the moon. You know, please help. Everything's just a bit rubbish right now. You know, work is terrible. I've had the same spot for a month because I keep picking it because I've never learned not to pick, as you say. You know, I'm, I'm in so much debt that I'm just ignoring my bank balance. I'm lonely. I, I don't know what to do. And, and Moon, you look so bright and wise and powerful. I mean, listen, humans have been howling at the moon for, what, millions of years. So you don't knock it. Maybe there's something in it. 
do you know the other thing that, um, again, I never thought I would try is positive visualisation. Oh, yes. So I'm basically seeing myself, you know, with that loft conversion that the bank seemed to want to deny us, holding that whatever award for for our great good work, Annabelle. And I'm I'm really seeing it, I'm imagining it, I'm filling in the details almost as sort of much as, as when I used to imagine being married to George Clooney when I was like 15 or 16. Yeah, and it all has to be in the present <laughs> tense. So I am married to George Clooney. I have won this award. I am fully worthy. Exactly. I am sending that potentiality into the world. I said the word potentiality. Anyway, the seed has been sown. I'm making it happen. I'm manifesting it, apparently. Manifesting um, or- rather than manifesting, which is just <laughs> doubling down on the hate and resentment and fury. <laughs> Ebay's become a bit of a habit. Late night eBay and crystals. <laughs> Vast amounts of money on crystals. They're probably just, you know, chunks of glass. But I'm trying to sort of blow my cares and woes into them. Like they can disperse those woes to the winds. Um, So there's one by the bed uh, for for the more mysterious dreams. Um, Sometimes I keep a a healing one in my bra when I go out for sort of love and protection. But then I keep everything in my bra, car keys, loose change, face mask, tissues, (laughs) (laughs) keys. We believe in these crystals, even though there's no evidence in our lives for them working whatsoever. But sometimes don't you find that you just believe because you want to, you believe because it helps? Yeah, no. And also, do you remember when I shattered my anxiety crystal? It was literally the worst thing ever. Oh my God, you dropped it. I dropped it and it broke in half and I thought, "Uh, what is the universe telling me now? I mean, you know, also I've become completely compulsive. Again, like I, as a teenager, in my horoscope. You always know things are bad when you start relying on horoscopes. And you're sort of like, oh, I'm not going to have a good month or I'm not going to have a good day. It usually happens when romances are going wrong, but um, that isn't the case with you, so you're just insane. I (laughs) I that's basically that. I love that. It's basically, there's nothing specific wrong, so therefore you're just mad. And also it's astrology zone. Susan astrology zone has a lot to answer for she said at the beginning of 2020 this is going to be an amazing year for the world (laughs) (laughs) i just there's something about the way that her the development of her month i find you know compelling and 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 well it's the way that it drops it's the way that it drops on the first or second of every month and it's about five thousand words and in you go and then i kind of you know you look for you sort of you know, like all of these things, you kind of sift for the relevant things, the things that you want to happen. And you get annoyed when the promised things don't happen. But you feel smug when they do. So you're kind of like, oh, it's a kind of, it's a sort of a win-win, really. I think that um, horoscopes are, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this aloud in front of um, all these people, but uh, horoscopes is sort of child's play compared to my Zoom shaman. <laughs> I think anything is Charles play compared to your Zoom shaman, Adam. There are shamans and then there are Zoom shamans. <laughs> I mean, Zoom charlatans. So she, she comes from like Wiltshire, but, but apparently she lived for three years in some tiny rainforest, you know, tree house, being trained by an ancient Inca witch doctor, um, wise man. And, 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 and so we're on Zoom and she's waving branches, she's billowing smoke, she's sprinkling rose water and telling me to imagine that I'm riding a unicorn. <laughs> And uh, I was, I went with it. Yeah, I was riding a unicorn. There I was riding a unicorn, flying over snowy mountain peaks on my unicorn. And then um, 
And then I'm back in my living room with an unstable internet connection. With an unstable everything. With an unstable everything. Do you remember when we went through our lockdown tarot phase, Annabelle? There have been many tarot phases, <laughs> Emily. <laughs> I'm talking specifically when we found the deck and then we were doing readings for ourselves and it made us feel so in control and kind of smart and clever and, and mystical, you know? You're like, here's the sun. Everything's going to be amazing and our endeavours will be successful. Ah, here's justice. Those nasty people that have thwarted us we'll get their comeuppance ah the lovers and then doing readings for lots of others it's destroying lives and hopes <laughs> and dreams in the process also that face that you make when you turn over a, a card you know that is like oh I don't like what this is saying yes the haunted mystical face <laughs> and all that stuff that we've been trying to do to help us cope with lockdown has now somehow flipped. And I'm finding now that all the stuff that I'm trying to do is to help me cope with the idea of lockdown being over and as often happens when when scary things start to come to an end and you think there's light at the end of the tunnel and it might not be the train coming to mow you down you think has it been that bad you know has the pandemic really been that bad i mean of course it has death despair isolation illness economic devastation educational disaster boredom loneliness anxiety melancholy panic political division nightmares insomnia overeating underperforming, drinking, fighting, wondering if anything will ever be the same again, knowing that everything will never be the same again, but wondering how much to mind about that. But the thing is, as with any change or shift, now that the reopening of our lives is looming, we're asking ourselves, has it been that bad? And it's the same question that, that we might have asked ourselves when totally worn down and pulverised, we're leaving a terrible relationship or um, when mental health and, and self-esteem in tatters, we're exiting a terrible job or when after being cramped and damp and at the mercy of a fucking horrible landlord and an evil neighbour, we're moving house. We say, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad. So now, after all these months of, of no one and nothing, we're staring down the barrel of everyone and everything and many of us, myself included, don't like that one bit. You know, what will happen to our precious alone time? Which is a sort of quite an odd question to ask after months of resenting all the bastard alone time. How will we find the energy, sleepless or not sleepless, to go out in the evening after a year of, you know, longing supposedly to put on a dress and chat over a cocktail or a menu? So we're suddenly looking back at these lockdowns that have been hard with their sort of corrosive seclusion and all the emotional extremes. And we're looking back at them with rose-tinted spectacles, like they were just honeyed time at home and sort of halcyon days of peace and quiet. Was it really that bad? It was. But now maybe our greatest fear is that the next chapter could be worse, you know, that it could expose us in some way. It could just defeat us. It could prove to me that I'm just lazy and bad after all. So right now, if you offered me another month of lockdown, I'd take it. And that feels like a kind of secret shame. God, you know, it's incredibly hard that I totally agree because you're basically thinking, God, I, I've now had this year and I should have written a novel or I should have got incredibly fit and healthy as opposed to just sort of fat and angry. And basically, you know, the other thing that I've been really panicking about are what I need from people when I go out. I know that sounds absurd, or rather what their expectations of me need to be. And um, what you need them to know. You need them to know your requirements in order for you to even begin to pretend to be present or fully functional 
slightly I almost like need to send a memo you know round saying this is what I'm going to be like <laughs> yes yeah, so you would just you. begin with you know I definitely want to be invited but I in no way want to be expected to come <laughs> so I like the idea of being asked to things just for that initial 12 seconds until the dread of actually having to do it kicks in so please ask me but you also have to be fine with me not coming Absolutely. And also, if I am going to come, I think, please, can we begin no later than 6.45 so that I can be in bed by nine, which, you know, I have got some lockdown standards to make. Yes, yes. That construct of like dinner at 8.45 on a Tuesday night or any night. And if we actually make it to this dinner or whatever it might be, please no one embark on any big conversations. None of that. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in karma? You know, how do we feel about, you know, the afterlife, which, you know, people do. People do that. You know, we need to be free of philosophy and those big esoteric subjects. On the other hand, expect a lot of political shouting about, you know, women's safety, how badly the EU have behaved, how badly we want to go on holiday, pro-lockdown, anti-lockdown polemics. But when we embark on those arguments, then no one can expect us to make any sense or be cogent in any way. And also, please don't hold me to any of these opinions in the future because I'm extremely changeable. These are just post-lockdown thoughts and I'm I'm like a newborn baby and the situation on the ground and in my head is constantly changing the end. (laughs) I totally agree. The situation on the ground. Also, I feel like everybody should fully expect me to spend a lot of time staring at the flowers, trees, commenting on birdsong and squirrels because... I've become that person who sits there and sort of, you know, looks at around and goes, oh, look, the, not the crocuses, because that will be past crocuses, but listen to the blue tits or whatever, rather than <laughs> looking at other people's tits. Um, and, you know, I think it's partly because we've spent the last year channeling Eckhart Tolle and hoping that nature will save us. Uh, narrator, it did not save them. Nature did not save them. <laughs> Um, and so we, when people ask us how we are and we say fine, we need them to immediately understand that we mean pandemic fine, which means, <laughs> which means broadly OK and OK enough to be here, but also tired, depressed, unpredictable, heavily compromised in terms of emotional stability and, and, and actually physical stability. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We may fall over at any time. Also, also, there has to be some kind of pre-consensus I mean, we're going to have to laminate this guide, I think. Pre-consensus about what everyone is wearing, because I don't think our self-confidence, you know, will be able to I mean, imagine the horror of turning up and being incredibly overdressed and imagine the horror of turning up and being incredibly underdressed. You need to know exactly the state of play, right? Agree. We need to agree. Are we pyjamas or are we cocktail or whatever? Don't really mind. But I just feel like our self-confidence is on the floor and I just won't be able to cope. Yeah, the dress code Um, has never needed to be more clearer or more faithfully adhered to. Absolutely. And the same with makeup. I mean, obviously, preferably minimal, i.e. none. But simultaneously, we have actually aged a thousand years in the last five years that's been locked down. So there's no shame in highlighter, full foundation, blush, eyebrows, you know, lipstick, whatever. I mean, I personally think that lipstick's going to make a sort of vicious comeback or in my case, a vicious... I was about to say come, but I've never worn it really, but I'm going to. I want to wear like a bright coral and, 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 and a bit of optimism and sort of, sort of like post-war wear it on my face. Yeah, but it must be to do with masks. Yes, it's true, yes. break free of the masks. But um, we are the only people allowed to mention how tired we look. And no one is allowed to agree. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing which I'm really worried about, and obviously I worry about this, I will have sort of loo anxiety at most, pee anxiety at most times, but we're going to probably spend a lot more time on the loo 
just because of social anxiety, but also because our bladders have been working at home from the last... We've never been more than two metres from a loo. <laughs> They're totally untrained. <laughs> we have to do a few Kegels or whatever, exactly, to get it sorted. Yeah, and also, don't be surprised if we drink so much that we throw up in your flower bed, because <laughs> our, <laughs> my relationship with booze is very complicated at the moment. You know, units mean nothing to me. Yeah, I've forgotten the basic rules, like, don't mix your drinks. Anything could happen. And also, when we're at home, we're normally very padded out with sort of bread and crisp so I think there needs to be a lot of bread yes for me I need to basically be constantly grazing because that's basically how I'm very worried that there won't be any food and then my levels will dip because I have been constantly eating for a year and what will you do Um, with your hands if there's nothing to eat I mean savage your cuticles pick your nose what will you do split ends you know yeah and also, if we make it to this, you know, this um, apocryphal dinner of which we're speaking, then whoever has the misfortune to, to host us, please expect a flurry of apologetic texts afterwards. Um, for, in fact, for days afterwards, as we enter our anxiety spiral about how everything we said was um, unfunny or shouty or aggressive or silent or how much we <laughs> cried or how much we were sick or, you know, this is going to be the gift that, keep, that keeps on giving, really. There are going to be so many nights out that end in tears, don't you think? It's going to be a wash with sort of emotion and 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 fear. But I think everybody's panicking. And, you know, for those of us who had social anxiety before, it's sort of it's almost comforting to, to know that everyone else is in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. And also the other thing that we should just hold on to. Remember, we're mid-alts. OK, you know, what's our superpower? Cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> But the trouble is, I've almost forgotten how to cancel. Oh, well, let's do a refresher. Yeah, because it's, a, it's a, how to get a, out of a, ref, a refresher cancellation course because it's an essential social <laughs> skill, really. Yeah, and I feel like there might there will be a point where we will be so overstimulated that we will need to hide it in our holes, back in our holes for a bit. I'm not planning to leave my cave. <laughs> you're, you're hiding your hole. I'm not planning to leave my hole anytime <laughs> soon. Um, I mean, you could plead uh, claustrophobia. You could say, I mean, claustrophobia is a useful one because it, it worked pre-lockdown and claustrophobia will rise again. It gets you out of camping, gets you out of crowded restaurants, gets you out of uh, the tube, sharing a bed, sitting in the middle of the bonquette. It gets you out of changing rooms. It gets you out of wearing leggings, joining long queues, gets you out of complicated underwear or tight clothes. I'm, I'm claustrophobic. I can't. That's it. You can't argue with that. It's a condition. Also, I mean, I've always found the dog is an acceptable excuse for pretty much anything. I mean, and for all the people who've got lockdown dogs, but will be even worse because the dogs will never have been left alone. Therefore, they cannot be left alone. So The dog, say, the dog. Exactly. I can't leave the dog or bring the dog. If I do come, all I want to talk about is the dog. I mean, I've become so boring that it's amazing anyone want to hang out with me anyway. But, you know, then it will just be me and the dog, which is really what I want. <laughs> and also conveniently, um, the lifting of restrictions coincides with allergy season. Um, so <laughs> so you just have to do a little FaceTime and, and, and to your to your potential host. You might say, gosh, you look a little stressed slash teary slash mental and you can say it's just my allergies rather than I'm having a mini breakdown because um I I can't sleep and I hate all my clothes and I've, I've lost my phone and I've lost my personality and I've been crying on and off for weeks and it's allergy so so I, I can't come tonight because you can't yeah yeah allergies is better maybe that's what I should say about my current eye eczema um, my crying injury the other thing is we're also open about this stuff now and I wonder whether we could just I could just double down on a kind of on like IBS or something I'm really sorry I can't eat your complicated dinner or go to that restaurant or eat out or anything I don't really want to see anyone again sorry it's my IBS agony 
agony. And then creative agony, because I did start this novel in lockdown. <laughs> I didn't start this novel in lockdown. I did start this novel in lockdown. I've done mm, maybe... 35,000 words. I've almost finished the third draft. I'm, I'm deep, deep, deep into this story arc. I, I, I need to sit. I need to sit and really inhabit the, the characters tonight. So I, I won't be seeing you. <laughs> and frankly, if you talk about your novel enough, then no one's going to want to see you anyway. I know. Quick, I might actually just go and start a novel now. Also hormones. I mean... Always hormones. Hormones is standard, right? Yeah. Pre-hormonal, during hormonal, post-hormonal, perimenopausal, actually menopausal, full moon hormonal, out of your mind hormonal. I know you could even flash your period tracker, send a screen grab saying, look, look, look. Or I can just say, you know, my periods are back. I can't move. <laughs> I totally, I totally forgotten the horror. <laughs> <laughs> when you get your coil taken out. Um, Mercury is your friend and ally in this. You know, I know, we, I know we've landed back in, you know, at the moon, but, but you know, I, you can't make any big decisions because the universe will, will, will slam you back down. You know, whether or not you believe in the horoscopes, Mercury is a bastard. Forget the beaver moons, the blood moons, the wolf moons. We're just howling with planetary activity, right? Absolutely. In fact, do you think that we're at the point in our lives where we need to actually factor in planetary movements into our diaries? Plot like our alert. outings around the full moon cycle. <laughs> Yeah. And then laminate the requirements. He's like, there's got a lot of laminating going yeah, on. Yeah, it's going to have to be cling film. It's going to be, <laughs> be quite something to behold, but at least it'll make it spill proof. Oh, that's great. Well, anyway, I'm off to laminate. Oh, bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Diet Coke. Give yourself a Diet Coke break. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Sorry I can't come. It's a full moon and I have to charge my crystals. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.